I don't know about you, if you and your family have any particular Christmas traditions, but apart from the presents and the stuffing, which I have to be honest, I absolutely love, and then the sort of exchanging of gifts, when we get to about half one, Christmas is over, and it's time to put on the TV. And for us, our Christmas family tradition has to be watching some of the Christmas TV. And I'm sure as many of you settle down to do probably the same thing over this festive season that perhaps even though the TV was probably full of repeats according to the paper, but as you sat down to watch all those programs on TV, you will have seen that most of them had a large cast and were telling a story. And over this Advent season, we, as we've been lighting our candles here in church every week, have been thinking about different characters who are part of that story. Different people who find themselves there on that first Christmas. Different people who find themselves coming for a variety of reasons. Mary coming because she finds herself pregnant, told by an angel that she would be bearing the son of God. The angels leading the way. The story of the shepherds in their field being told to go to Bethlehem. And the wise men, as we have been reading about this morning, seeing the star and following. And it's the wise men, really, that I want to focus our thoughts and our attention on for a short time this morning. Why were these wise men on a search? That is the question that we want to think about this morning. Why were these wise men on a search? What were they doing so far from home? What were they after? Why would anyone inconvenience themselves by traveling 700 miles in a camel caravan over desolate land? What? What was so unsatisfying and unfulfilling that they find themselves on a journey? Wasn't it enough for the wise men to be stargazers who could, re- who could read the fate of their lives in fixed consolations. These men, who we have come to know as magi, were probably from a priestly class of Medes from the land of ancient Persia, which we now know as Aram. These were students who find meanings in the heavens and in the pattern of stars. Astrologers, we would call them. What's your sign, we would say today? Because for them, they believed that life was determined by the date of birth. For the Magi, For the Magi back then, the planets contained powers and mighty spirits which impinged upon us their happenings. In other words, this morning, the people that we're coming to think a little bit about looked at the creation rather than the creator as the beginning and end of all things. But what are they doing? What are they doing, given all that, still seeking out the birth of a special child in Israel? Could it be that they were longing for something more? 
Could it be that there was something that just wasn't satisfying them enough? Had perhaps a stirring taken place in their spirit. Perhaps this morning we want to suggest that the wise men actually longed for the personal in an impersonal world. They knew that there had to be something more. And doesn't that sound like most or some of us this morning? Surely there must be something more. How many times have we said that to ourselves as we have gone about life? And as we walk our streets in a somewhat still impersonal world, how much of us still long for the personal. Because as we come to the wise men in our reading this morning in Matthew's gospel, what we see is actually that these men, whether there be three or more, represent people for Matthew from all lands. These wise men come to represent the ones who seek out the one to make their search complete. The Magi were on a mission and they were on a search. So this morning, we want to think a little bit about what makes that search satisfying. Well, three things we're going to work our way through. Because I was going to throw a U2 quote in here, but then I realized Steve wasn't here, so I probably don't need to. But I was going to say perhaps that the Magi still hadn't found what they were looking for. So this morning, let us journey with them, because we discover that actually the Magi see in that star that there was truth to be found. We read in verses 1 to 2 how after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one to be born King of the Jews. We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. What were these visitors from the east doing by coming to pay homage and worship before the king of the Jews? Matthew in his gospel here opens the doors wide right from the outset about what all this story is about and comes to mean. Because Matthew is demonstrating, illustrating, and showing right from the outset of his gospel. And he will build it up in a crescendo right to the end. That this gospel is for everyone. He will end the gospel, go and make disciples of all people. This birth changes everything. And we see that right from the outset because if we look back through Scripture, what we come to see is that actually the Magi would have been looked down on, certainly, hated perhaps by the children of Israel. We see as we flick through Acts as well, other forms of people who dealt with magic being mentioned. And we see how they were treated harshly as enemies of the gospel. So perhaps right from the outset of Matthew's gospel, he includes these men sympathetically and prominently as early visitors to the church child to say that this child changes 
everything. That things can no longer nor ever be the same. That no one is beyond reach. In fact, it's not that no one is beyond reach. It's actually that all are welcomed in. Because they find themselves there right at the epicenter of what is happening. Right at the heart of the action. Right at the center of the scene in the stable paying homage. Because we see this morning that the wise men pursued truth where it was to be found. We discover this morning that they went beyond their ethnic loyalties. They transcended the limitations of their mechanistic belief system and they shunned accusations of betrayal to their heritage because they knew that there was truth to be found. This morning, Are we looking for truth? Are we seeking it out actively like the wise men were? Are we willing to be caught up by it, changed and transformed by it? The presence of the wise men at the birth of Jesus said that they knew that there was truth to be found. And their inclusion in this story tells us that Christ is truth for all people. But we also see that truth is worth seeking with all our hearts. Not only did these wise men come a long way, but their journey would have taken a long time. Longer than it took me to get from Lisburn to here this morning, certainly. Some have estimated that the length of their travel could have been up to two years. Two years to find a baby nestled in straw. Perhaps by the time they've arrived, Jesus is no longer the infant in the stable, but a young child at a house. Because as we read in Matthew chapter 2 verse 11, and going into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And we know from what we were thinking about last Sunday that Herod was greatly threatened by rumors of a rival king. And we realized and listened and reflected about last week how he then put all the male children in the region of Bethlehem under the age of two to death. The massacre of the innocents, it has become known. Truth is worth seeking with all our hearts. Jesus himself, as he grows up, in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 to 10, says this. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. He who knocks the door will be opened. We see that there is a reward for the seeker. But it is in the seeking that we receive. I wonder, are we prepared this morning to seek out? To seek out what that child might mean in our lives as individuals. Just as we were saying, the child changed everything for the wise men because they had gone against all they believed. This morning, what could that child cost us? What could it cost us as we begin to take down the lights off the tree and the tinsel back into the box for another year? 
As we stand on the cusp of 2015, what could that child mean for us? Why so often in life do we settle for so little when there's so much more on offer? This morning, as we come to this Christmas story, there is so much more on offer. And how do we show that to the world outside is the challenge of Christmas to the church. Because if that child changes everything, we need to be out there telling people about it. We need to be on the streets sharing in practical ways the message of the child at the manger. Because I'm sure that for those who gathered at that stable in that first Christmas scene, when they went home, things were different when they went back to their towns and villages that they'd come from, when they went back to the mountains where they'd been looking after their sheep, can you imagine the conversation? Can you imagine what it must have been like? They were there. And as the years progressed and people began slowly to talk about this child who'd become a man who was performing miracles, who was preaching and teaching, who was claiming that he was the son of God, you think maybe when they heard those stories, their ears pricked up. Can you imagine them coming home to the people in their houses and saying, do you remember I was there when that child was born? This morning, we need to return to the same sense of wonder and awe that they would have felt at the stable, but then also continue that wonder and awe daily in our lives as we live it out But also we find that as for the wise men, just for us also, that the search that they were on and the search in life that we are, so many of us are on, is complete in the presence of Christ. Because the wise men's search, we see in the scripture passage that we have shared together, find its joyful completion in worship before Christ. Though the priests and teachers of the law, Herod, had informed them that Bethlehem was the location of the Messiah's birth, we saw how the wise men departed from his presence and they come to worship. We read together, on coming to the house, they saw the child with its mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. The wise men's search followed the path of the way God reveals himself because he reveals himself in a person and in a child that we've been singing about this morning, gurgling in a manger. And he reveals himself in our hearts today. This morning, as we think once more on that story, as we reflect on what it can be for us and what it can mean for our lives, why don't we end by pondering that old joke. Why is it always that you find what you're looking for in the place you last look? Because, I, because when you find it, you stop looking. This morning, as we find ourselves once more back at that stable, as we find ourselves back at that manger with the cast of characters who gathered from so many different backgrounds of life, we discover that actually making it to the manger isn't the end because the journey still goes on. 
Because we read at the end of our passage this morning that they, the wise men, returned to their country by another route. And as we stand on the cusp of a new year as individuals, and as we stand on the cusp of a new year as a family, and as we stand on the cusp of a new year as a church community, and indeed on the cusp of a new year as a denomination, what could 2015 be like? Because if this Christmas, because if this Christmas, if we have truly, like that original cast of characters, pilgrimed our way back to the crib, which is normally here for us to see, there's still more to do. Because like the wise men, we still have to keep on going. They returned by a different route. What will our route be in 2015? Will it be the same old, same old? Or will it be totally transformed? Because we have seen the baby. And we know that things are no longer the same. And we know that things are to be different. What could our 2015 be like? In our search, as we search for fulfillment for ourselves and as a family and as a community, may we find the ultimate expression of that fulfillment in the child in the manger. But may his daily pattern of living then inspire us as individuals to grow up with him, to learn his ways of doing things, and then, like him, get out there and do it and challenge the pre-consisting ideas of what God should be like and how God operates and moves in the world. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, once again, we come before you in wonder and in awe of what Christmas is and means, and how that day, though it may have been a couple of days ago, the wonder and awe of it still continues on a daily basis in our lives. Because of your birth, you becoming flesh, moving into the neighborhood, Living and breathing and crying like a baby means things can never be the same. So this morning, as we leave this place, challenge us, inspire us, lead us, guide us, show us who we are, but also who we can be in you. What the world is like, but what the world can be through you. May we find ourselves caught up in your story. May we find ourselves as we have pilgrimed to the manger, as we have walked that journey with those cast of characters who find themselves at that first Christmas. May we find ourselves, and in finding ourselves, may we find you, because all of who we are comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.